Hi there, and welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I am your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about parenting things, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Today, we're talking to a friend of mine named Brooke. Brooke is a mom to Hayes and lives in Florida. Brooke became a widow when Hayes was a baby, and she's going to share her story here. And I remember gearing up for this recording, thinking it was going to leave me like feeling super heavy and sad. But I left this recording feeling so spiritually full. My sister and I went to lunch right after this recording and I got in the car and I was like, I just feel so full right now. I just feel so spiritually full. Ah, And I mean, for me, it's one of those feelings inside that only God can conjure up. And so I'm excited for you to hear her story. And I hope you leave full of hope like I did. Here's our conversation. Tell me about your journey to become a single mom. Um, I was married almost 11 years before I became a mom. Isn't that Okay. Yeah. So met at Auburn and, um, War Eagle, War Eagle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We lived our first year of marriage in Ridgewood trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> it's so a great we, way to start. You know. <laughs> so, uh, he was finishing up his engineering degree and we got married at Auburn and then just super career focused, like loved and had passion for our careers. And, um, anyways, it, it just took a while for us to come around to parenthood. Yeah. And then, um, we had haze in October of 2016. Okay. And then in October, 2017, um, I said goodbye to Doug, took mm. haze to my mom. She kept him when he was a baby. Yeah. And came home that afternoon and Doug wasn't there. Um, started a search for him. And two days later, we got a knock at the door and found out that Doug would not be coming home and that he was found and it looked and appeared that he died by suicide. Uh Um, And that was all we knew at the time. There was an investigation that started after that and drug out and, and all the things but left for work one Monday morning and and came home and and he was gone. When you came home and he was gone, did something not feel right to you? Like for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. In fact, it's, it's nuts to look back. I love to look back and see the spirit of God with me, like in every moment, because that's just crucial to knowing that he never leaves us. Right. Yeah. It was like, I walked in the door and I knew and called the police within moments of stepping foot in my door. And I'm not like a reactive person like that. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not like, oh, Doug's not home. Let me call the police. <laughs> like that's never crossed my mind. But um, but they did. They came right out and then started a, a search. Like it was just incredible to look back and see that like You're, the Lord was guiding right. that whole process. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Did, was there signs like leading up to it? Not clear. Okay. Um, no, not clear. He had undiagnosed uh, anxiety. Uh, looking back, I can see that kind of progress probably into some paranoia. I could uh-huh. see in the last month or two. A lot of, I remember him talking a lot of brain fog and a, a lot of like, I can't think clearly, I can't get things done, but. I mean, isn't that my my life too? You know, like those yeah. aren't 
red flags. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was no blatant signs that, that that's what he was thinking about. And that's what he was considering. I didn't miss anything, you know, like I didn't miss anything. Yeah. Um, so how, like, was the first seed, like, did, was it just like a shock at first? Absolutely. Yes. So Hayes was just about to turn one. Uh-huh. And, uh, I took about a month off of work but it's almost sweet how our bodies will just kind of like, like it takes time for us to understand our new reality. Right. Right. So yeah, completely off shot, getting shot, getting ready to celebrate a first birthday of my first child. You oh know, like, gosh. I mean, just imagine like where I, I was entering right. the thing that happens. Right. And um, yeah, so I was in complete shock for a while and not only shocked, that Doug was gone, but shocked over like how it happened. Like yes. really true. And, um, man, the confusion, oh man, the confusion, like it felt like such a mental game for a really long time. Yeah. I'm trying to process it. Yeah. Do you feel like now you have more clarity on that? a conversation with my friend last night. She's a trauma therapist. Like I now am on my own mental health journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And trauma, like trauma has affected me physiologically. And so Mm. I do feel like over the past four and a half years, the Holy spirit has been sweet Mm. to give me at least enough perspective to have, Mm. you know, just to have so much grace over the struggle that it Mm. can be when you have PTSD, when you have anxiety triggers, when you have things that set you off and you're doing awesome. And then the next day you're just not okay. You know, like I know now through grief, I can have grace for Doug. And uh, yeah, that's sweet. It's been sweet because I have definitely been very angry. Right. For sure. Yeah. So sure. So talk about, talk about at the, you know, the first month felt like confusion and kind of shock and trying to get some answers. Talk about how, because now you're four and a half years in, like what grief has looked like for you. Mm, It is such a journey. I I hated it when people told me in the beginning, I hated it. I'm like, no, I'm going to defy this. This is not our story. But they were like, grief is a journey. I'm like, no, uh-uh. we're going to be done with this in about a year or two and I'm over it. Like it's, we're done. <laughs> uh-huh. thought, oh man, Ivy, but it's sweet. Like now I like love that it's a journey. Like I do. Yes. I love it because there are things that we will never be unable to understand or comprehend Mm. about the goodness of God Mm. and his power and the story of grave cross grave resurrection until we like enter into that in our own stories. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that four years later, something could trigger me. I could, especially being in ministry with other widows, like right. a lot of triggering things that I hear. And I'm like, Oh, that just took me back to a hard day. Just sitting in the story with you. Right. Yes. Um, 
but I, I've learned to like lo- love that. I'm like, all right, I want to go back there and remember what it felt like to have my face on the floor and not understand how God was good. Because now I know that he is good and I can mm. see his faithfulness. I can see his goodness. And so it's like this sweet healing place of like a trigger stirring up yeah. the emotion. But then like your brain is now like on point, like your brain is like your prefrontal cortex is no longer like <laughs> not working, you know, like you're yeah. in a place where you can think very clearly, but then also feel the reality of what you felt. So I just feel like this healing journey right. is, I am grateful for it. Yeah. I, I, I am grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. So give me a picture, like, like really like on a, what, what was a, a, a day let's go back, you know, to the first year. What did a really like day of grief look like for you? Do you see it? Like, how was it expressed? Okay. You know, so, like I had to go back to work, right? Like I uh-huh. had bad for the family. Um, I <laughs> worked a job that was high demand too. So I was a supervisor. I still work there. I'm not a supervisor anymore, but um, okay. a supervisor at an autism clinic managing oh my gosh. kids with severe autism. Yeah. More severe cases of autism and we work one-on-one. So I'm like managing a team of people who are working with my babies and like, like just a lot of responsibility at work. And so I'm doing that full-time. And then I'm also like a new parent still, you know, like Hayes is, I'm still like, I still don't get what being a mom is even really all about. Right. (laughs) In that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think a lot of my grieving was done. I have a 45 minute commute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and back. I cannot tell you how much grieving happened in my car, you know, like 40 yeah. minutes of silence of me just like sitting with the Lord, driving to work every day and back. And then his grave, Doug's grave is like five minutes from where I work. Mm-hmm. There are many, many, many days. My mom kept haze. She had him. And I'm like, I just need to go sit at the grave. And oh my gosh. My eyes out, you know, and just lay there. Like Ivy, I remember laying on the ground beside Doug's grave and just literally feeling like I had died too, you know, like mm-hmm. that is where I felt like the depths. And then I would come home and yeah. I would be a mama, you know, and I would hang out with Hayes and sweet little buddy, you know, like there's nothing like a little kid you can just sit on the floor and stack blocks with, or, I mean, those were some sweet, sweet memories with him. Um, my counselor would always tell me like, if you get stuck in your head and you like, can't get out of your head, you need to do something with your hands. And she would say, huh. get floor and sit with Hayes and play with him. Oh, that will like help your brain kind of get out of its loop. So um, just a very like present mom. Isn't that nuts? Uh, No, that makes sense to me though. Like he's also full of life and energy. And so it's like, I just, this is a, this is a simple thing I can do that helps me think about life rather than death and my sadness, you know? 
And then the other benefit, I think, of having a little one is that like Hayes was still sleeping, what, I don't know, 10 hours at night. So he would go to bed and I would have hours to sit Mm. with Jesus. Mm. And that's exactly what I did like every single night. Like I didn't clean the dishes. I didn't clean my house. Like my Bible, like got out and got in the word because it spoke to me like it never had before. Yeah, really? So in that season where you were mad at God, I'm sure, were there moments where you were mad Mm -hmm. or no? No. Okay. Well, I think my circumstances are a little bit different because suicide, I have a Christian husband who loves me deeply and loves my son deeply. And now he's gone. Like the only way I could like a little bit make sense of it was that there's a real enemy in our world. Mm. And he's cruel. Mm. real like mm. the the realness of the unseen was where I found my like my um anger and my mm-hmm. vengeance and like all that was just truly centered and focused on not Doug for a long time like it took me almost two years to get mad at Doug about it at all which is crazy because lord knows when he was here I could get mad at him real quick you know? <laughs> um but yeah, just the enemy was who I was furious with. And um, the, so therefore the contrast between, like, I knew it was true that God loved us. Like I, yeah. didn't, I knew that somehow had to be true. So, but I, that's not a lot of widow's story. Like that is really not a lot of widow's I know. But that is, I mean, that's an incredible perspective. That like we get angry. I mean, and I think I think it's okay to be honest and angry. Like honest, express your frustration to God. Like, why did this happen? I don't think that's wrong. Um, but I really, really love that perspective. That when ugliness and brokenness causes us pain, it's not God that created that. It's the enemy. So the enemy is who we need to be mad at. The solution is God, you know? And so the fact that every night you were led to read your Bible because you knew the solution to this evil is God, is the truth that he brings. How did you, like, did you just open your Bible and read or did you have like a, something you were reading through or how did that work? Oh yeah, it wasn't formal at all. <laughs> it was just open up and read whatever. Flip it up. I, I'll never forget there was a night and okay, so reality started hitting in. I remember the beginning of the next year, like January, February, shock wearing off. And then I'm like thinking about our future. It's not good. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, we're just gonna live in this house and be sad for the, the rest of our life. You know, like it just wasn't good. Right. Oh, I read, I'm going to read it here. And I'm reading this with this picture in my head of like what I feel like our life is going to look like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect mm-hmm. and complete, lacking in nothing. And I just stopped right there. And I was like, okay, hold on. 
this story in my head that I'm playing out where we have been tested, we're in trials, we're in suffering is going to lead me to this life of like, just kind of like it being just not so good is in complete contradiction to what it says right here in the word, you know, like, come, like, couldn't be more opposite. It says that the testing of my faith will bring me to perfection. Yeah. Like income, that word complete really struck me because I was feeling anything but complete, you know, yeah. I was feeling stripped yeah. and, um, and lacking in nothing. I'm like, Whoa, hold on. And, and then that I think is where I was like, okay, scripture has a lot to say about suffering uh-huh. and that like intrigued me. So then I would say, this is a weird fun fact about me. I'm kind of obsessed with the old Testament. I love the old Testament. Yes. Yes. Because I would sit in bed at night with Hayes and read like Jesus storybook Bible, right? Oh, and yeah. We're reading um, like Joshua and, mm-hmm. and um, we're reading Joseph. He loves Code of Many Colors story. Like that uh-huh. is his favorite. And I'm just weeping. I'm literally weeping. Poor child probably like has, <laughs> has now paired like God with his tears, you know. Um, but just weeping because it's, it's the overarching theme. It's the story that we're all a part of mm. is creation, fall, redemption, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just true that after fall comes redemption. Ah, oh, yes, yes. And I finally under started to understand that. Yeah, I I think it's normal for all of us in really low seasons. I mean, you hit a, that's a real, real, real low, but in any low season to just hear the story of this is where we're at, this is the rest of our lives and let that be the story. And it's just not, it's not, that's not the story that God has for us. How does your home feel now? Mm. <laughs> it's actually okay. I don't want to downplay being a single mama, a solo mama is not easy. Like, I definitely don't want to right, no. say, like, oh, yeah, this isn't hard. <laughs> we hard. love every minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It is like, I love our home. I love mm. our home. I, yeah. Like, and I'll tell you a funny story about kind of when the shift started happening as far as like the atmosphere about a year and a half after Doug passed away, but you walk in my home and like, it's like, it is a spirit filled home. (gasps) No, like it is a home where you just like, no, he's touched it. Like he's been there and it's taken time. It has taken time, but it is like precious to live. live Yes. Yes. Do you remember that? Like acknowledging, like you remember the day you felt that? Oh, yeah. 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 The shift? Yeah. 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 I'll tell you the story. It's good. T- tell me. Like, okay. now. Can you? <laughs> That's what I, I, it was a Sunday night. And, oh, you know how you have, like, the Lord speaks to you in, like, themes? So he's like. Oh, yeah. A theme. Like, a word keeps coming up. Like, okay. So resurrection was the, the like, theme. Mm-hmm. Not song resurrecting, I don't know, elevation worship, maybe. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was like my jam. Uh-huh. And um, 
it was a Sunday night and Hayes was watching like Elmo and there was a fish and I was like, Oh dude, Hayes, let's go get a goldfish. Like, wouldn't that be fun? So we go to the pet store, get his first fish. I'm like, okay, this is it was the cutest thing ever, you know? Yes. So, and then, um, we name it, we named it Rizzo. Doug was a huge Cubs fan. Okay. So we're like, we'll name him Rizzo. He was a little yeah. red fish and, um, red and blue. And then the next day, maybe it was two days later. I can't remember. <laughs> well, hold on back up. Like the really, the next day that fish died. <laughs> like no. I did have, like not done it right. You know, the whole mm-hmm. transit. Like, like the water or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Details yeah. Aren't really. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to grab. It just went and grabbed another one. Put it yeah. in. That fish is, Hayes has no idea. That fish <laughs> is our new little Rizzo. And, okay. Uh, then I think it was two days later. We got, had worked late that night, got Hayes home. We walk in the house and there's water all over my kitchen floor. And I look at the tank I had bought and there's a crack down the side of it. Oh, no. And all the water had leaked out while no. I was at work. And then there's this fish just like laying on the bottom with no, no water. And he's clearly dead right yes yes you have got to be kidding me and so we clean up all the mess I literally Ivy I took I'm like we're done with fish we're done so I took the box I still had it I hadn't thrown it away I just picked up the whole aquarium with the dead fish in it and put it in the box and I'm like we're done just take it back tomorrow and be like I don't want it like I don't care if you give me my money back I just don't want don't want any of it yes I go put haze to bed we read Dr. Seuss, one fish, two fish, red uh-huh. fish. <laughs> and it's like, okay, God, like, did he really have to pick this book tonight? You know? Yes. Yes. So yes. I, read it. I get off the phone and I'm just still mad. You know, I'm like, and I'm thinking things like, you know how God knows our thoughts. This is like mm-hmm. just the perfect picture of that. I'm thinking I cannot keep anything alive like oh. a fish. And I'm just like doing all this terrible self-talk. And yes. And I'm like, there just must be like a spirit of death in this house. I <gasps> thought. And uh, I'm like, it's just got to be a darkness. Like I just started thinking this, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is just not true. And um, <laughs> I get prompted to go actually take the fish out of the aquarium because that's just gross. It's gonna stink, right? I reach down in this aquarium and the fish starts flopping around in my hand like he's alive. And I just start yelling. I'm like, he's alive. He's alive. And I, I take my kitchen faucet and just start cranking water into the aquarium. And he just starts swimming. He just starts swimming. Like I didn't put the drops in it. I didn't like wait the right time. And he like, Ivy, that fish lived for three years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's legit like Lazarus. It was like, <laughs> out, like you are not dead. You are now alive and you are going to live a long, full fish life. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like so teary over this. The Lord just like showed me, hey, you do not have a spirit of death in this home. There is a spirit of resurrection. Yes. And that song, like, I just remember playing on repeat and like 
my brain, my thoughts started becoming more and more like his, like, no, like that is not our story. We don't, it doesn't end with death. It does not end with death. It ends with resurrection and that will be a process unfolding, but that is, that is what is true, you know? And that is why you, like when you're talking with other um, widows, when you're talking with them and they talk about their sadness and it takes you back, like you really know the truth that this low point is not the end. If Jesus didn't come, if God hadn't sent his son, Jesus, then this low point would be the end. It's true. And so, and you cannot fully, and I, we're, we're all still on a journey, I think of, but like you cannot <clears throat> fully understand the gift of Jesus on the cross until you fully embraced the death. Yeah. Like your own brokenness and pain. And that's, I, I think we, we, we don't like pain. We don't like darkness. We don't like that. We, we don't like it. But you're at a place where you've experienced it so deeply, but you, so you really know the gift of Jesus, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I will not look at fish again <laughs> the same way. Or that book, Red Fish, Blue yeah. Fish. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I want to, I want to hear what sort of things did people say or do that was helpful for you? Okay. This is hard. Your community shifts and changes throughout the whole process. So in the beginning, I needed so much tangible help. I mean, let's just be real. I still need, I still need a lot of hands on deck, (laughs) but in the beginning, it was so helpful for my mom to keep pace for me, for mm-hmm. me to know, like, I can take my time getting home from work. I can sit in my grief because Hayes is okay. You know, yeah. like I can get him from a childcare that closes at five o'clock or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I will never be able to appreciate how much that meant to have tangible, loving care for my child. Yeah. And um, our church fed us, like dropped meals off and a cooler on our front porch for three months. I didn't oh my have gosh. To go to the grocery store because grocery stores are a huge trigger. It just in case you don't know, like, like it's, you go to the grocery store and you're like not buying the carrots that Doug always wanted, and you're not buying the like bawling. If you see people bawling in the grocery store, just love them because that's probably why. Yeah. Oh so my I gosh. Have to do any of that for like three months? They fed us. And then um, another helpful thing, like if you don't live close, I would have friends kick us meals through um, Grubhub or whatever. Yeah, something yeah. Like those. yeah. That's incredibly helpful to you. Yeah. Um, I needed people to sit with us and be with us. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends come on the weekends mm-hmm. and, um, you know, those late nights where I'm up by myself, like they were late nights with a friend mm. and sit and listen. Cause I'm such a verbal processor too. I just needed presence of somebody to sit and listen to me, you know? Right. Are these friends that you'd had for a long time, I guess, like, okay. And they just showed up and sat with you. Unreal. Like, yes, unreal. And uh, many of them didn't live near us. Many of them didn't. Yeah. Um, 
our church has crushed it. Like our church, my pastor Mm. at my church, I cannot say enough wonderful things about, Mm. um, oh man, he's been a, just a cheerleader for me. And Mm -hmm. he told me on the, he's so nuts, another crazy God story, but that they showed up at my house like, I don't know, either minutes before or minutes after we got the knock at the door. They were, yeah, crazy. So did they you were call them or something, or how did they? I had sent Brad an email, and we were new members at this church too. Okay, like, like we had been there for two months, maybe. And I had sent him an email. And I said, "Hey, I just want to let you know, like, there's a search team looking for Doug right now. We don't know where he's at." Oh my and gosh! That's all I said. And then they, him and his wife Rachel and I grew up together. She went to Auburn too. But um, anyways, they showed up. Just showed up. At my house, right at the perfect time. And um, he told me that day, he said, Brooke, you have a choice to make. You can run to Jesus or you can run away from him, you know. And I remember him telling me that. And just, you know, my anger towards the enemy was real on that day. And that was yeah. like running towards Jesus. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but he has he has been somebody to just be creative and like help me think about next steps that would turn my pain into purpose and yeah the other just cool like community shift for me and it happened to a year and a half two years into my journey but just mm-hmm. having community with other widows mm-hmm. um, nothing is wasted ministries Davy Blackburn was somebody I listened to his podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. He just randomly DM'd me in the middle of the pandemic. It was actually, it was like March 28th. It was like two years ago to the day almost. Yeah. 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 And he was like, Hey, we followed your story a little bit. And I was wondering, we're going to open up community groups. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in leading the community group for widows. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this feels like an invitation <laughs> from God, right? Yes, like, yes. That's my heart. Yeah. So I said yes, and I had no idea how much saying yes to that invitation was going to change the trajectory of my community, of people that I do life alongside who are passionate about running after the Lord in widowhood and with their children and with their families. And I mean, just an army of people around me here two years later because of nothing is wasted. Right. And I, I do think in the middle of our, it's kind of, I don't know if you felt this way. I know I feel this way in the middle of my really low moments. I've gone, God, I need you to use this. This needs to have a bigger purpose to bring you glory because it's worth it to me to go through hard things if it has a bigger purpose. Yes. (laughs) And that's what that invitation was for you. Like you've gone through a lot and we're going to make this big, you know? Yeah. Not waste it. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Any other things on what, you know, helpful, what was helpful for the community? Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we have since joined a homeschool community. Isn't this nuts? Oh. So I had to part-time after the pandemic, which was like terrifying. Yeah. 
and good and right. Yeah. And clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I work part-time now. And so then things um, happened. For, so Hayes is in pre-K this year. So it hadn't been too, too hard to manage, but right. uh, he's, I cut him to part-time at, at preschool. He's there three days. And then we have homeschool community on Thursdays. Yeah. And that looks like it'll continue for kindergarten year, which I'm pumped about. I found a hybrid program. Yeah. And uh, the homeschool community, they don't know it. They have no idea. They have yeah. no idea. Uh-huh. The way that they model, like, leaning into their kids, huh. like, knowing that their kids have a purpose, mm. knowing that they want to be present for all the feelings, right? <laughs> for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, the happiness, the sadness, the, like, these families are modeling for me, like, how hard it is to disciple your children truly mm. right? and how good it is. Yeah. And I feel like being in that community this past year has, um, it has fed my soul. Like as just yeah. as a mom and as a parent and like thinking forward for Hayes's future and the man that I know God wants him to become. Oh, that, that community has, has been substantial. For what us. a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Has Hayes asked, like, where is my dad? Or like, do y'all, how do y'all have conversations about that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's just part of, I think, when God asked me to drop, you know, to not work full time. I think with kids, and you know this, you have little boys, especially boys, like some of the best conversations just happen when you're out, like hiking the trails or absolutely when you're moving, when, Mm -hmm. when there's, when you're throwing the baseball back and forth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they come, that the things come, but it's always so out of nowhere, you know? Uh, and you're like, oh, okay, I got to put this hat on. And I- <laughs> oh, so good. I, I feel like Hayes and I have like a sweet trust and oh. he knows that he can come to mama like authentically. Yeah. Like, he can say, and some of that is just being a kid too, right? Yeah. But he can say whatever. I'm not going to shut it down. Um, we don't like, we don't like have like a rhythm of like things that we do to honor Doug in our home or to talk about him or anything. Like I right. really even have a lot of pictures of him up, which is might be nuts to some people, but, um, that's just like Doug knew him for a year. He, mm. and Hayes knows that like daddy, he mm. asked me the other day, we were in Chick-fil-A drive through. He was like, mom, so how long did I know my daddy? Mm. <laughs> about 365 days and he was like hmm he goes how long did you know daddy so I get my calculator out and I'm like you know like 12 times three and it was like a big number and he was like wow you knew daddy a lot longer than Mm. I did and I'm like yeah I did and he and he didn't change the subject to something you know yeah but the the space that you've created for him to ask questions and go there and then also be done. Yeah. We're going to go back to order our Chick-fil-A. We're going to, you know, (laughs) where's my Polynesian sauce. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Tell me about the most challenging things. Cause I think I just want to hear, you know, step in your shoes for a minute, hear your perspective. What are the challenging things about being a single mom? I would, for me and a lot of women I do life with, there is a weight that you try not to carry, but that mm-hmm. you 
gifts you carry that you're the only, you're the only one, you know, mm-hmm. like you're it, mm-hmm. you're it. And not only I can speak as a woman, um, not only am I it, but like, there's a whole lot that daddy brings to the home that, mm-hmm. a, that a husband brings to the home protection, provision, um, oh man, wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's just a whole lot that, a male brings to the family that is not present. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, God literally fills every single void and, and it looks different. He does it like mm-hmm. he has provided for us like story after story after story. And I don't even have to like, look for it or ask for it. But especially when I cut to part-time and I knew things were going to be tight, like he had blown me away, blown me away. And so like grasping this reality of like, he wants to come fill it is hard. (laughs) Isn't it hard? Like in anything that we walk through where where the spirit of God is like, Hey, I want to be that for you. Like there is a release and there's a surrender and there's a stripping that happens and a death that happens. And then he comes in and fills it. And so that process is, is excruciating. Um, but I've seen him do it for Hayes too, you know, I love, and I don't know why this has happened, but Hayes loves daddies. Like he's, he just, yeah. And, um, he never, he never really had one that he remembers, but, um, my parents live close. I think he sees how my daddy is a good daddy to me. You know, he mm. sees that modeled. And then just like our CC family, our, our homeschool family or our church family, we're just very connected to the body in those regards. And I think he just sees all the daddies being awesome. Yeah. Um. So he, to me, like he gets, he's five. So he gets that it's mommy and Hayes and that's us. And that's his story. And he lo- he, lo- he loves it. He <laughs> I think he'll be real sad one day if, if you know, he's got to share mama. Right. Yeah. Um, that will not be easy for him. <laughs> <laughs> Loves it. Yeah. But also like understands the beauty of, of men, you know, yeah. and fathers. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Have dads totally stepped up to help with things and and support like I think about sports and things like that like have you seen that happen we haven't gotten into sports yet okay I think that's around the corner and I expect like one of my good friends at church her husband might be the coach for flag football and Hayes really showing an interest in football and you know I love that yeah um so yeah I think that yeah the Lord will kind of do that as he gets older but yeah he hadn't done sports yet I've kind of put that off yeah. Well, no, he's, you're not late or anything. Yeah, it's absolutely. like, it's good. You're fi- He's five. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Sometimes I think we can get into it a little too early and then it's like, well, People this was, that. yeah, we're, we just busied up our schedule, you know? Yeah. Um, you've talked a lot about it, it. Were there other things that your community has done to support you specifically as a parent beyond just you, but as a parent? You've talked about the homeschool community. My parents live close. Right. What a gift. 
Yeah. So I, f- I feel like a lot of my, um, now I have had to learn like bound, like healthy boundaries with that. And like, like this, this is our home. This is our family. I love that grandparents live close, but like, I don't want Hayes to think like mama's not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like I've had to just Like you're not present or something. Like yeah. you want to be present yeah. and engaged. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I've had to discern, okay, I have a lot coming up, a lot of work to do. This is a good Friday night for you to have pizza night with uh, honey and Papa and spend the night and eat. Like it's, it feels like it's more, and my mom's a planner, which really helps, mm-hmm. uh, but it feels like it's predictable for him. But on the other hand, like huge support to me to just have breaks, like mental breaks Yes, from parenting, like m- my brain, I don't know if it would be able to function if I was not alleviated of parenting. Yeah. Every so often. Every so often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, like, do you, do you go out with friends and things like that? Is that able to happen often or not? Really? Not like okay. at night, you know, like my friends will get together and go to dinner. Like, this is something people don't know a lot about widows. We don't really leave our house after bedtime. <laughs> like, right. That's like, what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah. unless you put haste to bed and you're not there. Home. Yeah. yeah. There's no run into the store to grab milk. Yes. Like, that hasn't happened in four and a half years. Um, which is like not cool. I don't love it. Yeah. 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 So kind of stuck at home at night, but now my friends, especially now that I'm part-time, um, we'll do play dates and we'll get together during the day. And, um, like, I feel like that. And then my discipleship groups for widows, we all zoom after our kids go to bed at night. <laughs> so I know. I know everybody's in the same boat. We're like, Hey, we're stuck at home. Like we might as well have a zoom call and talk about Jesus. Like that right. and everything goes up and it's great. And so I okay. do like, I want you to, I want you to jump to your, the, your ministry and kind of what that is and, and this, you know, your widow community. Okay. Um, so songs in the night is is the name of, of the, I mean, we're not officially nonprofit yet. Right. But we're, we're the thing, the thing, the big thing, yeah, the big thing. It started, uh, gosh, really in the first year that Doug passed away by sending out care packages to new widows. Mm. And And you just started doing that or what? Yeah. My friend even asked me this week. She was like, so like, did you get a care crate? I'm like, no, I'm the, I'm the OG. Like I like, (laughs) like I gave one to my, one of my best friends, Ashley lives down here in Florida and then another girl. And then like my pastor asked me how they could help yeah. me and my grief journey. Yes. And I said, do you know the most beautiful thing I was able to do is like buy some things for other widows I learned mm. about and mail it to them. Mm. And then from that time on, like, I think we've mailed out 400 or more air <gasps> crates. Okay. So can people, if, can people purchase one of these for a person and send it? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. I know. It's cool. So there's like a system now. I'm under the umbrella of Crown for Ashes, which is another nonprofit. And Uh Crown for Ashes does retreats for widows. Mm -hmm. 
And you've led some of those. Yes. Yes. We we have three more this year. Yes. And they're at the beach. And they're at the beach. Beautiful. Yeah. And so on the Crown for Ashes website is where you would put in somebody's name. Okay. That you know of, that you want to receive a care crate. And then we've had... donations. We have people who love the ministry and they give money monthly and, and it just balances out. It ends up costing about $120 to like for all the things in the care crate and for the shipping. Are the crates always the same? They change a little bit because I'll have people reach out and say like, Hey, we want to, we want to contribute to the care crate. And there's a sweet church in Birmingham, Alabama Mm -hmm. that has done journals and bookmarks. They just started getting pillowcases made for us and they just sent all that. And so when that runs out, you know, that thing might not be in the care crate. So some of the shift, but the books really stay the same. There's about four books we put in there. Um, If they have kids, we do age appropriate stuff for their kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's like the outreach arm. Like we see, right. And then the next thing that God is developing is like, now we want to pull you in to like long term discipleship. Mm. We walk with you on your journey. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I met with one of my discipleship leaders yesterday. She is amazing. She's got 10 girls in her group. Mm. And she was like, Brooke, this is not a support group. Mm. It is not a support group. And I got chills telling you this. She was like, this is women running after truth in the valley. Like they, she, and then she started talking about all the kids represented. She was like, and these 10 women represent so many children. She was like, this is impacting generations. Like this is so much bigger than we can see. And oh my uh, gosh. Ah, and that's just one like my heart wants to burst right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're listening and you're like, ah, like, my just, it's just so exciting. Like, it's so good. Mm. So good. So if someone like, are these groups, are they online or are they in person? We do them all on Zoom. Yeah. So Which anyone I- could join in. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. From anywhere. Uh, for, like literally Ivy this week. The Lord rose up, I believe. If she's listening, she might freak out. But rose up a discipleship leader in England, in the UK. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And I've got girls in the UK. Yeah. And I've got girls in Germany uh. that want to plug into discipleship. Yeah. It's, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the, the virtual thing is is really good. You know, it's really good. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm sure it has some challenges to it, but... It's yeah. very, it's, there's some really cool things about that. Yeah. Jody's group that, that has the 10 girls, yeah. they're going to be our girls at our, our retreat in May. So even though they've been meeting virtually, that retreat experience will be sweet. Yes. Yes. Be together. Yeah. That is so cool. I want to hear favorite verses, songs, books. <laughs> that is a really hard question. Did I you know. Um, well, some people are like nothing like, <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm the opposite. Like okay. I literally could sit around and read. It's real sad how much I love to read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've got a long list of books, a long list. Okay. So, so one of my favorites from this year, two uh-huh. of my favorites this year. Okay. Yeah. Are live no lies. John Mark Comer. Do you have it? Stand- are you about to show me? And let yeah. me, I'm going to get a picture of this. 
I feel so like marketing. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the worst at this, at taking pictures while I'm recording. So that's great. Okay. Live No Lies. Okay, good. All right. I devoured this book and devoured it again and again and again. Okay. But you have to also know my heart for how close we have come to the brokenness in the world, right? So Mm -hmm. like he explains the first part of it is about the enemy. Okay. And then it talks about our flesh. Mm. And then it talks about there's, oh man, I should be able to tell you world, flesh. And yeah, it's, it breaks it down into three, but basically it's like, how, how do we fight? How do we fight? Yeah. Okay. And then acknowledging like our woundedness and our brokenness and like sanctification is a beautiful journey. Mm. To mm-hmm. And yeah. he talks, through like how the best spiritual warfare is done through our spiritual rhythms and through our commitment to abide in Christ. And mm. it's, it's just good. It's good. it's good. Okay. My other favorite, I literally read this in like one night, Henry Nowen. Have you ever heard uh, of him? Oh, oh yes. Which, so, which one is that? I don't recognize that. Into dancing. Turn oh yes. Life. I've read that one. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm telling you, I've experienced grief in a different way than, you know, with my mom passing away, but Henry Nowen, oh my gosh, it was, it, I've read, I think most of all of his books and it's like, so, so good. And they're not long books. Like you can, they're just, you kind of, you could read them in a day, but you may not want to do that because then you can't like take it all in. Right. Right. Cause it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. Yeah. But it's so, so good. That's a good one. Okay. I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking if you would just give me like a list of books and I can. Yeah. Cause I got children's books too that I love. Yes. Levi Lesko wrote Roar Like a Lion. Mm-hmm. Do you just mm-hmm. love Levi Lesko or am I the only one? No, I mean, it's great. He's amazing. And then I love this attributes of God for kids. <gasps> I don't know about this. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like Hayes and I are literally like memorizing, like God is unchanging. He's infinite. He's creator. He's self-sufficient. He's omniscient. He's oh. omnipresent. Like there's a picture for it. And uh-uh. like, Hayes, look it. at the picture and like tell you. So just like rooting our kids and like, who is God? Because God, that's, yes, that's really good. Okay. Yeah. Send me the, those lists and I will, I'll post them. Music. I love some Jason Upton. Okay. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. Like really love his lyrics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then the Bible is. I love all of it. I I love the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Genesis might be my favorite book of the Bible. Yeah, it's good. Your, but your like favorite favorite. Not like not just your favorite in the Old Testament. Like my favorite verse? No, just like your favorite book in the whole Bible is Genesis. Oh, yeah. Is that really? Okay. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I mean, I I mean, I'm like, I really love some of the gospels, but I know you do too. But I'm like, yeah. Genesis being the favorite is a Yeah. That's I great. Impact. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could get deep there too. Mm-hmm. The first three chapters alone. Mm blow me away. The picture of how God built a beautiful home 
to dwell with his creation. Uh-huh. And then shows up one day and sin has broken. Oh. You know, like I can ah, it makes me weep to think of it. Yeah. I'm like, God, yes, you understand. Like yeah. you understand that story that that has wounded me, you know, like yeah. I want to end this by telling you a personal story of my grief. And, you know, grief comes in all different ways, in all different experiences. And so mine is very different from Brooks, but I saw a similarity. So I'm going to tell you this story. So my now husband and I started dating in July of 2008. Two months later, we found out my mom's cancer had spread everywhere and she had maybe a few months to live. She passed away in November of 2008. I remember sitting at dinner with my boyfriend, who I knew was going to be my husband one day, just crying. This happened several times, like while we were dating, before my mom passed away, and after she passed away. I just would cry. (laughs) I would sit there crying. I distinctly remember those moments. And at a time when I looked around and it felt like my friends were having these happy, lighthearted dates with their significant other, our life felt so heavy. Now, sure, at the time, we experienced these glimmers of laughter and joy, but overall, it felt like a cloud of sadness seemed to follow us around. And much like how Brooke believed the story that her home was just a home of death, I believed the story that our relationship would always feel sad. Like for the rest of my life, I would feel this heaviness. That's the story I believed. Now, it's a decade later, and I see now that isn't my story. Yes, I still miss my mom, but there is redemption in it. Drew and I do have happy dates. We do laugh a lot together. Our relationship is not consumed by this heavy cloud of death anymore. And often I think in our low points, the enemy wants you to believe the story that this is it. What story are you believing in your valley? Are you believing this is it? There aren't better days ahead. Let me tell you, that's never Jesus' story for you. It's not Jesus' story for me. And I think about how the disciples must have felt at the cross. They must have been wondering, so this is it. This is the end of the story. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Life was ahead. In our valleys, it's not the end of our story. It's not. There are better days ahead for us. There is hope. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, Make sure to check out the show notes for a link to Songs in the Night and some of the other things we referred to. We're also going to have a list of her favorite books on social media, so check that out as well. And last thing, would you share this episode with a friend? Would you do that? Like If if it was life-giving to you, oh my goodness, I would so appreciate you sharing it. I will talk to you next time.